five, four, three, two, one, and I'm on. Welcome to the Bronze Compass Podcast. This is the show of study of history, economics, politics, and geography as it relates to the United States and even beyond the United States, including the world. This is the Bronze Compass Podcast. You are you and I am Matthew. Why am I doing this? Because it's cheaper than therapy. Thank you for joining me today. Today, what we're going to be looking at is something that's coming up and something that I think that all of us are going to need in our life, and that is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a holiday that was intended to and created um, by many people over the uh, past centuries of the United States. We're going to start at the beginning and then work our way up towards modern day and how it's been used as a time of unification, um, healing, as well as uh, pleas to the Almighty to save us. The beginning of Thanksgiving starts with the story of the Pilgrims of Mayflower and Plymouth Rock fame. These Pilgrims were actually separatists from the Church of England, which they thought had become just as corrupt as the Catholic Church, and so wanted to separate from the Church and leave it all together. This is different from the Puritans who would later arrive and uh, leave England to come to America because they didn't want to work within the church. They wanted to be separate from it. They called themselves saints and in calling themselves saints believed that there was a right and righteous path in following and trying to either become like God or follow him and become one of his saints. The Puritans, on the other hand, they wanted to work within the English church or the Church of England and purify it from within. In the end of ends, we call these separatists the pilgrims. These pilgrims left England and went to Holland and Holland accepted them and thought they could be a part of them. But Holland did not let anyone that was an immigrant, it wasn't Holland, but it was the guilds of Holland that did not let anyone from outside either be a part of the guild or work in guild work. So you have the guild of um, plate makers, shoemakers, cobblers, blacksmiths, etc. You had to be part of the guild but you also had to be Dutch. And so the pilgrims could only really find small time jobs, um, which is an easy way to think about it. The small time jobs that they could get was like things like uh, street sweeper and things of that nature. Also in Holland, Holland was going through a mini secular movement at the time that was a little different than what the pilgrims thought would be a good way for their people to live, specifically their children. Now, compared to today, it was nothing, but compared to the pilgrims' view of life, it was something big, and it being something big enough to be a corrupting influence to them, they left Holland and moved back to England. When they went back to England, they went to the city of Plymouth. Now, the Virginia Company took them on 
and agree to pay their fare to the new colony of Jamestown, Virginia, which at this time had been around for 12 years, almost 13, and said that they could be a part of this new colony as long as they landed on company property in the new world. The idea for the Virginia Company was that these new colonists would help solidify the standing of the Virginia Company uh, colony in Jamestown. Now, Jamestown had gone through a massive, massive um, event, a series of events, if you want to look at it this way. It was founded in 1607, which is 13 years ahead of the Pilgrims finally actually landing in Plymouth, Massachusetts. But at this time, it's only 12 years, of course. And Jamestown had gone through a series of events that would try not only the people there in the form of, of pestilence, disease, war with the local tribes, as well as famine and starvation. The Virginia Company had created Jamestown and sent people there on the idea that there was gold, silver, and gems in the rivers and land of the Americas. And the Virginia Company wanted the first settlement to be Jamestown. And they had the idea of gold and glory for England and for themselves. Well, they failed miserably. Um, being riddled with disease, conflict with the local Algonquin tribe, they were not stable in almost any measurable way. John Rolfe changed that several years after the uh, settlement had been created, he showed up with Spanish tobacco seeds that at the time were illegal for any Spaniard to sell to anybody, but somehow he got them and he brought them to Virginia and started farming tobacco. Well, this started a mini boom in America and the Virginia Company wanted to take full advantage of that. The early people that had been there, they were, of course, prospectors looking for gold and silver and stuff, but they didn't want to farm for themselves. They didn't even bring tools, for the most part, to farm for themselves. And so they went through many famines, and they even went through a time called the Starving Time, where they would do things like dig up the dead and eat them. And if somebody got cut and spilled, they would even drink their blood. They ate every bit of leather that was in the colony. And three months before John Rolfe arrived to start the tobacco crop, um, they were putting to death a man who had killed his pregnant wife with the intent of cooking her and eating her. So it was horrible and basically hell on earth at this time. Fast forward and the Virginia Company had finally realized how to make things happen in America. And the best way to do that was through the lead of John Rolfe, and that was with tobacco. The English had become addicted to tobacco because of the Spanish trade system 
and their colonies and plantations in the Caribbean and Southern oh, Central America and Southern America. So John Rolfe had broken that monopoly. The Virginia Company agreed to pay for the pilgrims and sent them on their way. Now, there were two ships that the pilgrims started off on. There were two ships that the pilgrims started out on. One of them started leaking almost immediately, so they had to go back and then get all packed into the Mayflower. Uh, the Mayflower uh, took on over 100 pilgrims, approximately 102, with around 25 women, 20, 25 women, 25 children, and the rest being men. They took off late September with the idea of landing in Virginia near Jamestown in order to, once again, bolster the Jamestown colony and be the farmers of the place. A massive storm blew them off course and it pushed them north almost 200 miles, maybe more, to Massachusetts Bay. They landed in Massachusetts Bay at a place that they called Plymouth or Plymouth Rock, and it was already two months later. Well, having left a little too late, they landed um, at a time that was too cold to start crops and as well as too cold to work on building the city or the town. The establishment of a colony was not going to happen until springtime the following year. And the springtime the following year was around March uh, 1621. So for the entire season that was cold, they stayed on the ship Mayflower. They realized that they had landed too far north and created the Mayflower Compact with specific rules and laws of self-governance and voting. And this became the first uh, democratic system in the New World. Now, uh, they came off ship not knowing anything about the area and having a very hard time. And because of the hard time that they had, there were only five women left of the 25 that they started with. They landed at a site that was abandoned or empty of people because of disease and so began their lives there. The local tribe in Massachusetts in that area was the uh, Wampanoag tribe led by Chief Massasoit and they formed an alliance with them with the help of a couple of American Indian translators named Samoset and Squanto. Now Samoset was an American Indian from the area of Maine in the Northeast and had learned English from fishermen that had set up a fishing camp around the Bay of Maine. So he visiting the tribe of the Wampanoag and Chief Massasoit um, saw or found the pilgrims at Plymouth. He walked into the town, greeted the town and the people in English and asked if they had beer. He would later introduce the pilgrims to Squanto, which was a member of the Patoxic tribe, and that tribe was actually wiped out by smallpox. He was staying with Wampanoag and Chief Massasoit. Now, Squanto had learned English the hard way. 
An English explorer had captured him in Massachusetts Bay Area and taken him to Spain and sold him as a slave. He had learned English along the way, and he escaped and lived as a monk. He then went to England and there was able to get on a ship and be taken home. Upon arriving at home, he found out that his tribe, the Patoxic, had been wiped out by smallpox. He then went to live with the Wampanoag tribe. It's entirely possible that the abandoned tribe that the pilgrims found were the Patoxic, uh, Patoxet tribe, but there's no way to really know exactly or I have not found it. Anyway, Squanto, knowing English and being introduced to the pilgrims by Samoset, he taught the pilgrims everything that they would need to know in their area to survive. So he taught them where the hunting grounds were, where to find fowl and fish, and how to farm in the sandy soil. One of the big secrets that he taught them was to use the fish as fertilizer and fodder for corn. And you would put the fish with the seeds and it would grow and, and be able to survive in the sandy soil. 22 months later, he would die in the arms or next to William Bradford, who, while they were on a fishing expedition around the Bay of Massachusetts. He, having saved the pilgrims, was praised by William Bradford, the leader of the pilgrims, for his greatness and his generosity. He was the last of the Patuxet tribe. Chief Massasoit made an alliance with the pilgrims. He was the chief of the Wampanoag, if you remember, and attacked their tribal rivals, the Narragansett, or the Narragansett tribe, and upon completion of that raid and the subsequent harvest the pilgrims, gave praise and thanks to God for their deliverance and the blessings with which they were given. The Massasoit, or the Wampanoag, under Chief Massasoit, were curious what all the noise was as they, pilgrims, were using cannon and guns to celebrate. So American from the very beginning. The Wampanoags joined the festivities for the three-day feast, giving the pilgrims five deer and sharing in the harvest of the year with the pilgrims. This all happened sometime between September and mid-November in 1621. The holiday, and where it comes from, is a different story. This festival became lore, myth, legend in American history, and that lore, myth, and legend has been used by multiple upon multiple leaders of the United States, whether it be local leaders, religious leaders, or governors and presidents. They have all called upon the nation or the, their people to have a day of thanksgiving and looking at the time and the stories of Thanksgiving with the Wampanoag tribe and Chief Massasoit and the pilgrims, they took that as a moment and a sign of Thanksgiving to God will bring the people together and make it a time of peace and harmony. They also have used it as a time of healing. If we look at many of the proclamations throughout history, there are several that are important for the American people at the time that they were given. The first one we're going to look at 
is the one from the Continental Congress of the United States in Saturday, November 1st, 1777. For as much as it is the indispensable duty of all men to adore the superintending providence of Almighty God, to acknowledge with gratitude their obligation to him for benefits received and to implore such farther blessings as they stand in need of, and it having pleased him in his abundant mercy not only to continue to us the innumerable bounties of his common providence, but also smile upon us in the prosecution of a just and necessary war for the defense and establishment of our unalienable rights and liberties, particularly in that he hath pleased in so great a measure to prosper the means used for the support of our troops and to crown our arms with most signal success. It is therefore recommended to the legislative or executive powers of the United States to set apart Thursday, the 18th day of December next for solemn thanksgiving and praise. And it continues on. So necessary for cultivating the principles of true liberty, virtue, and piety under his nurturing hand and to prosper the means of religion for the promotion and enlargement of that kingdom, which consisteth in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The next one we'll look at is the one from uh, Abraham Lincoln, which is really one of the first times that it is us as a nation with a president he being the executive and the president of the United States, the Continental Congress calling on everybody in 1777, was a day of unification and prayer to save the country in the revolution. This, similarly, is to save the country during a time of war, but instead the Civil War. He starts, and this was issued by Abraham Lincoln, called the Proclamation of Thanksgiving, issued October 3rd. 1863. The year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart, which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war, of unequaled magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to invite and provoke the aggressions of foreign states. Peace has been preserved with all nations. Order has been maintained. The laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. While that theater has been greatly contracted by the advancing armies and navies of the Union, the needful diversions of wealth and strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. The accident has enlarged the borders of our settlements, and the mines, as well of iron and coal as of the precious metals, have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore. Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp, the siege, and the battlefield. And the country, rejoicing in the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor, is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increase of freedom. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy.
it has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States, and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands, to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and prayer to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him that for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently implore the interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace harmony tranquility and union in testimony whereof i have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the united states to be affixed done at the city of Washington this day of October, in the year of our Lord, 1,863, and of the independence of the United States, the 88th, Abraham Lincoln. It is from this proclamation of Thanksgiving that the holiday as a national holiday starts. And instead of being individual moments within the United States, it now becomes a national moment. The time is later fixed by FDR as the fourth Thursday of November. It is from Lincoln's proclamation of Thanksgiving that we start to measure the traditions of current Thanksgiving time. Things like football, turkey, mashed potatoes, gravy, food in general, and most important, family getting together. It is from the proclamation of Thanksgiving from Lincoln that family, the unification of family, is emphasized and continues with us today. Indeed, it was an important thing for Lincoln to do because we literally were brother against brother in a civil war. Let us remember what Thanksgiving truly is about, a time to thank Almighty God for the blessings that we have, the blessings he has bestowed upon us, and future blessings that he in his grace and mercy may bestow upon us yet. Thank you for listening to the Bronze Compass Podcast. Tell your family and friends about it and share where you like. You are you, and I am Matthew. One, two, three, four, five. I'm on.